Hello and welcome to the podcast series on beingfulness by Professor Ram Nidamolu, practice professor of organizational behavior at the Indian School of Business. My name is Pavitra, your host and friend through the series. With each emerging episode of this series, Professor Ram through his narration of personal anecdotes and stories from the Upanishads will help us break down the concepts of beingfulness. Make sure to stay with us till the end of each episode where we pose a pressing managerial question to Professor Ram. In this episode, we requested Professor to share some case studies of multinational companies or leaders that are applying these ideals of beingfulness even if that's not how they refer to those ideals uh, i think this is going to help us see the application the impact of these kinds of ideals in work at the organizational level or at an individual level yes yes but well, so i would say i mean companies do this to different levels but uh, let me take the example of uh, arvind daikare it's it's a good uh, organization it's an organization that uh, really i think exemplifies uh, this whole notion of uh, beingfulness and you know arvind daikare was founded by dr v who really felt at a fundamental level that uh, he needed to reduce this uh, unequal access to healthcare in the world right and in particular with eye care that was his main goal and uh, so he felt this real it was uh, it was this, this consciousness level as he himself would say to raise the level of consciousness in himself in the people who worked in arvind and the patients and uh, the other stakeholders or the society at large so he saw it primarily as raising the consciousness of people and when serving uh, patients to see them not as patients but as human beings who you know a person who goes blind affects the entire family who affects the entire village that the impacts of uh, of something like this happening blindness are much more than just a number it affects the entire community so if doctors and nurses and healthcare providers saw the great value of what they were doing saw this as how dependent they themselves were how they could empathize with them that it would make a difference in the way the organization functioned and you know so half of arvind services are given for free the other half are charged lv prasad eye institute here in hyderabad is also another organization that i think is a very beingful organization that has this very high level of uh, that integrity i think uh, i described integrity as a core value and i think alvi prasad has tremendous integrity in this this awareness of the higher world i did a project with them for about a year or so and realized uh, how uh, the doctors themselves were already operating from this uh, higher world uh, perspective and that affected the kind of service they provided to their patients that affected their motivation to be a doctor and not a hanker after the material rewards so they themselves lived up in many ways to this principle and you can see it by the way the kind of research they do the kind of service they provide to their patients the respect and the reputation they have so these are examples of companies that have raised their level of uh, consciousness so let me take the example of uh, microsoft's uh, ceo satya nadella who became uh, the ceo in 2014 and that's about 7 years ago so you could uh, see that as uh, an exercise in becoming more beingful he may not use that word but some of the capabilities the leadership capabilities that he demonstrated and also had other leaders demonstrate are beingful in nature one very high levels of self awareness as a ceo himself very high levels of where he is strong and where he is not so strong 
the ability to admit mistakes, the ability to, uh, you know, to be human in the way he communicated with uh, his employees and with others. So very self-aware person. And then you could also, empathy, as I mentioned, it's an important uh, beingful uh, capability. Empathy has been central to Microsoft's uh, rethinking about uh, how to work with customers, how to treat employees, how to work with their other stakeholders. So that's become a very important value for uh, Microsoft to really see the customers and other human beings to empathize with their situation, to see how they use uh, technology to empower their lives. And then uh, you know, the, the ability for Microsoft employees to orient technology towards working and then integrity. I actually feel that uh, that's another to walk the talk in many ways. So Satya Nadella and uh, the other leaders at Microsoft Really, this was a big uh, focus for them as they transformed. That leaders can't just say things, but they have to walk the talk. The best way to communicate and to change others is uh, by yourself being an example for it. And that's something that was very important to the Microsoft transformation, starting with Satya Nadella at the top and then to the leadership team and then so on to other levels to lead by example and to be a good listener, to be empathetic, to be very self-aware. These are all the leadership capabilities of beingfulness. And again, they may not use those words, but these leadership capabilities are uh, very much uh, along. And also this whole notion of work itself, what I call beingful work. That's another example in uh, Microsoft, where work becomes very meaningful. Work becomes, uh, there's a sense of purpose to your work. You get engaged with your work. You bring your whole self to work. So these are all ways in which uh, companies like uh, LV Prasad, Arvind Care, uh, Microsoft, and others can actually transform themselves and uh, make work much more uh, engaging and, uh, and uh, purposeful. So you know, uh, I'm often asked, uh, how will being full business or being full corporation differ from uh, the usual company, the usual business or corporation? And uh, so let's look at what is the usual business or corporation. What is uh, business as usual? And uh, business as usual has uh, really uh, you know, emphasized that uh, there is a clear purpose for the company. That purpose for the company is to maximize profits. That by maximizing profits, by keeping the shareholders uh, happy, in other words, maximizing the value to the shareholders, you'll achieve the purpose of the business as well as do good for society. That's the traditional view. And that's still a very dominant view that really the purpose of business is to maximize profits, to maximize shareholder value, or shareholder value maximization as it's called. And by doing so, you'll achieve all the other purposes of society. So this has been the view for many decades. And um, so what being full work and being full business says is that this is the wrong purpose, that this is a very narrow purpose. It's a lower bird purpose. It's the purpose at the lower bird level. Instead, what companies should be thinking of is a higher purpose. And what is that higher purpose? That they should be thinking not just of the shareholders, they should be thinking of all the other stakeholders of the company. Shareholders are certainly some important stakeholders, but employees are also important stakeholders. Customers are important stakeholders, suppliers. But beyond this range, there are also other stakeholders that must be brought into the equation. Who are they? Society is a stakeholder. If your business perpetuates inequality, then society gets affected. If your business perpetuates problems in the local community by over-consuming resources and damaging the community and reducing pollution, then your community is a stakeholder. 
And there's always nature is a very important stakeholder in business. It's sort of the unseen stakeholder who contributes a lot to your company in terms of uh, you know natural resources, but doesn't get uh, things back. In fact, it has a negative uh, effect on uh, nature. So nature is this big unseen elephant in the room kind of a stakeholder. So this other view of companies would say, consider all these stakeholders and uh, think of them as people who are entities who are also part and parcel of your business and their needs need to be considered. So this is the larger purpose. This is the higher bird purpose. And so business as usual is much more narrowly focused on profits and shareholders and business that is being for would look at all these stakeholders and say that there is a higher purpose to the company. That higher purpose is to have a positive impact on all these stakeholders. Don't damage nature, uh, add to it. Don't damage uh, inequality, reduce it. Uh, take care of your uh, stakeholders and your employees. Take care of your local communities and take care of uh, these other stakeholders, marginalized stakeholders, low-wage workers, temporary workers, who otherwise get uh, disempowered by your business. They too matter along with shareholders. So it really looks at the system as a whole. And that's what Beingful Business is. It's, it's looking at the system as a whole, which is really the notion of being applied to that particular context and to have harmony within that system, a sense of balance within that system. So that one part, such as the shareholders, don't unduly benefit by taking advantage of the other parts of the system. So it's really about uh, system integrity. This is why integrity, which applies at the individual level, also especially applies at the system level. The whole system in which your business participates needs to have integrity, needs to have balance. Otherwise, it's not sustainable. And that's what being full uh, capitalism, being full business is all about. A system that has integrity and can be sustained by taking part of, uh, they're taking care of the different parts and creating a sense of balance. And that's why the dharma of business is really to enable this uh, integrity. And that's uh, corporate dharma. Does that make sense? Okay, no, that makes a lot of sense. But for a shift like this to happen, what would be needed? So it's not one thing that will make that shift. You need a new generation of managers trained out of business schools to be thinking this way. And these managers, as they rise up in the corporation, think this way. You need consumers thinking this way. And that's already happening to some extent. You need senior executives to be, uh, you know, at some level, their self-awareness needs to be increased, to be expanded, so they start thinking this way. But especially investors, I think that's one big leverage. You need investment, uh, you know, basically these uh, investment uh, people who are, uh, you know, funds that invest in corporations need to now look at, uh, is this company enabling that kind of sustainable returns of the long run? And is this company following that we already have these uh, sustainable development goals, SDGs as they're called. Is this company, is this industry supporting these SDGs? So you need the investment houses, you need the investment funds, all of them also thinking this way and putting pressure on uh, corporations. So really you need uh, multiple stakeholders thinking this way. And you need academics, management, uh, business school academics, beginning to emphasize this kind of research, stakeholder theories, and uh, theories that uh, look at, uh, you know, value, what do they value? Not just shareholder returns, not just profits. They're only one piece of the puzzle. So you need to get uh, faculty, you need to get research and teaching in business schools. And, uh, you know, that's where uh, thinking gets shaped. So they too need to be emphasizing all this. So it's not a single uh, stakeholder issue. It will take many years, 
but uh, it needs a variety of players to start thinking this way this is a wonderful insight into some real life examples of multinational companies applying these concepts and being full capitalism is also a very very interesting term something to think a lot more about i'm sure so thank you for sharing this with us given the relatability and the applicability of the concepts of beingfulness in all of our lives and work we brought professor back into the studio and posed to him some questions that we've been receiving from alumni of his courses and also listeners of this podcast so here is this week's question being full capitalism seems to emphasize taking all the stakeholders as a whole but during the pandemic we saw that inequality became a lot more evident like there were higher concentrations of wealth and there were more people that were going below the poverty line um so how can this disparity be dealt with yeah yeah absolutely so the question can be asked you know uh, while being full capitalism or being full uh, corporations think of the system as a whole of all the stakeholders unfortunately during this pandemic things have only become more unequal right so some groups have benefited investors have done well so this is definitely a major uh, issue that has come up in this pandemic so look at for example who sustained us in this pandemic who really kept our operations going who kept companies going who delivered food to us who kept these stores open it's really the low wage workers right it's really the ones who were not uh, the senior leaders and the managers in fact they were more dispensable than the ones who uh, managed the warehouses the provided services frontline is the frontline workers is the nurses and the doctors and the ones on the frontline and often these are the people excepting of course for doctors who are considered as weak stakeholders in the company they're the ones who don't matter so much they're the ones who are seen as low wage workers temporary workers that never had power in the corporation in this and so that's the great irony and i think people have realized it people have realized that when there's a real crisis an existential crisis like this these roles that we typically took for granted and didn't really empower them are actually extremely critical they're mission critical so i feel this is a good opportunity to in a sense take back that uh, power that they lost the the sort of marginalized stakeholders the weak stakeholders of the company and this is uh, actually i've uh, done some research in this area and there are ways to do it to get the board to think about it think about ways in which they could begin to address the needs of the weak stakeholders there are ways to do it and uh, that has to do with identifying with them creating a sense of a team a team identity and the particular approach that i'm uh, you know advocating as part of being full capitalism is something called the integrated team production model that all these stakeholders are seen as part of a team an integrated team it is possible it needs a small change it needs uh, decision makers like board members to expand their notion of who is the team what is the team in the company recognizing that uh, these marginalized uh, weak stakeholders were actually critical they are the ones who kept the corporation alive so when that awareness begins that first stage of awareness then slowly empathy things change they change slowly but regulations could help in this uh, pressure from society pressure by the government to emphasize them too as stakeholders could uh, make a difference it's there the pandemic has created the opening it's for us to take advantage of it 
With this, we come to the end of the fifth episode of the podcast series. Stay tuned to hear more about how we can apply beingfulness in work and at an individual level. You can send in your questions on beingfulness at gmail.com or through LinkedIn and Twitter. Now, the links for this are provided in the description below, as always. Keep listening to the Beingfulness podcast wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you so much for tuning in today and have a great week ahead.